Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, George Washington Slept Here. The starring players... This is Jack Carson. And this is Carol Landis. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in a radio adaptation of Warner Brothers' rollicking comedy, George Washington Slept Here, by George S. Kaufman and Moss Hart. It stars Jack Carson as Bill Fuller and Carol Landis as his wife, Connie. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players in George Washington Slept Here. Miles from the city. Isn't it wonderful? No noise, no smoke. Well, I like this city. I even like smoke. Smoke makes a city seem so lived in. Oh, just smell that air. Smells like a damp dog. <laughs> oh, Bill, look. That's our new house. Our new house? Ha- Connie, are you telling me that that moth-eaten, termite-ridden pile of rotten boards is our house? You mean without saying a word, you've taken our hard-earned money and bought that... that rabbit hutch? Oh, Bill Honey, I think you've lost your mind Oh, Bill, you're going to love this It's hundreds of years old Think of it, darling George Washington actually slept in this very house Yeah? With all those cracks in the wall It's a wonder the wind didn't blow him out of bed Ah, <laughs> oh, and look at this living room 
200 years ago, it was full of colonial soldiers. If only these walls could talk. Well, I can, and I want to go back to town. Oh, uh, oh, hello, Mr. Kemper. Uh, this is my husband. Uh, howdy. I've been showing him through the house. Be careful of upstairs floors, ma'am. One of them caved in last month. Just up and gave away. <laughs> well, Mr. Kemper is the caretaker. I see. Uh, have, uh, have you been here 200 years, too, Mr. Kemper? Uh, let's see now. I came here in, uh... No. No, it was, uh... No. Yeah. No, I haven't. <laughs> Come along, Bill. Upstairs is the bedroom George Washington slept in just before going to Yorktown. Can't you just buy me a book on American history and let me read it on West 27th Street? Right now I'm hot and thirsty. Oh, Bill, I believe you're really angry. Angry? I could spit from here to Mount Vernon. <laughs> Look at this goat's nest. Looks like half the battles of the Revolution were fought down there in the living room. Uh, just wait till you see this place a month from now. We're going to remodel the whole thing, and Mr. Kimber is going to superintend it. I'm thirsty. I want to drink a water. Oh, uh, Mr. Kimber. Uh, yes, Miss Fuller. Where's the water faucet? Mr. Fuller wants a drink. Uh, no faucets in the house, ma'am. Isn't there any water at all anywhere? Well, there's the brook. Well, who's going to drink brook water? Fished you right good on it. I can understand that. This is a great spot for suckers. Look, <laughs> Mr. Kimber, couldn't we just... Couldn't we just dig a well and find water? Nothing to stop you doing that. Only takes 30 to 60 days. Oh, goody. I'll just put the drink off a month or two. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't thirsty anyhow. <laughs> the fine thing, a guy's either got to be a fish and drink in the brook or a camel and never touch the stuff. <laughs> I think... Oh, oh, oh! Oh, Bill, look. Shame on you. You fell right through the ceiling. Huh? Just up and gave away, didn't she? Are you hot, Mr. Fuller? No, no, I loved it. George Washington slept here. I know now what drove him to Valley Forge. Firing line is less dangerous than this seven-room booby trap. Your name, Fuller? That's right. My name is Prescott. I own the house next door. This road you're using to drive up to your house is my road. Your road? There must be some mistake. You see, I, I, I own this house. My wife and I just bought it. Did you buy the road? Well, no, of course not. But don't roads usually go with houses? Not this road, Mr. Fuller. I built this road with my own money, and you, sir, are trespassing. Well, how are we supposed to get to our house? Parachute in? <laughs> how you manage it is no concern of mine. All I can say is you'll have to build your own road. Good day, Mr. Fuller. Who was it, Bill? Our neighbor, Mr. Prescott. Nice guy. Owns roads and things. <laughs> Says the road leading to our property belongs to him and we can't use it. We're trapped. I'm a man without a road. <laughs> but, dear, there's another road to the woods back of the house. Yeah? Maybe we ought to trade our car in for a pack mule and an Indian guide. Now, Bill, I'll check with the real estate agent in the morning. By all means, do. Maybe the house doesn't belong to us either. That'll be the best news I've had all week. Oh, here, Bill. Help me unpack the rest of these cooking utensils. We'll never get dinner if Hester doesn't get the rest of her pots and pans. For the love of Mike, listen to that noise. Is Mr. Kimmer going to be drilling for water all summer? There's so many holes in the backyard now, it looks like an army of gophers were working a swing shift. Well, Mr. Kimber says the new well looks very promising. He thinks we're going to strike it this time. Yeah? He'll strike gold before he strikes water. Miss Fuller? Miss Fuller, I'm quitting. I can't work in that kitchen. What's the matter this time, Hester? 
That animal and Mr. Kimball's walked right through the wall that ain't got no door. Well, it's only a horse. Only a horse? Bill, help has to get the poor animal out of the kitchen. A horse must be out of its head to walk into a kitchen in times like these. <laughs> Scram, dog biscuit. Go on back to Crosby. There. <laughs> there you are, Hester. Now, once that wall gets up, it won't happen again. The poor horse is probably just as scared as you are. Oh, I ain't scared. I'm just not used to cooking and riding side saddle at the same time. <laughs> Look, Connie, we've been in this country jail 30 days. No road, wall in the kitchen still out, floors that may turn into trap doors any moment, and even the OPA couldn't put a ceiling on this house. But, Bill, it, it takes a little time to get everything all fixed up. Uh, pardon me, Mr. Spuller, but I ordered the gravel. Going to need another load, too. We figured $42, but the bill says around $135. Price of lime's gone up, too. And there's the trees, you know. Trees? What do we have to do about the trees? Pay them for standing there? No, but you got to spray them, Mr. Fuller. Oh. If we don't, they're liable to get elm blight or oak bar. Mm-hmm. And then there are caterpillars and the measuring worm. Is that all, Mr. Kimber? Well, there's the Japanese beetle. Japanese? Does Mr. Prescott have Japanese beetles? No, just you. You mean all the way from Japan they came to pick on me? Uh, was there anything else, Mr. Kimber? Well, we need a couple of truckloads of fertilizer. It's $45 a load now. Forty-five... You know, when fertilizer costs more than sirloin steak, it makes you stop and think. (laughs) Then let's see. uh, We're going to need six truckloads of dirt. Dirt? Connie, first we got no water, then we got no road, but now a farm and no dirt. That's too much. Bill, sometimes I just don't understand you. Here you are face to face with the most wonderful thing in the world, nature. And all you see are a few insignificant trivialities. That's all very fine. I love it here, Connie. Just us and the insects. But where's the money coming from to pay for all of this? Look at this little note from the county. Extra assessment county poorhouse, $21.30. I suggest we pay that and move right in. Oh, Bill. At least you should feel better now that we have water. Just think, ever since early this morning, 40 gallons a minute. Mr. Fuller. Oh, hello, Mr. Prescott. What can I do for you? Mr. Fuller, you have just put a well down on my property. You're drawing my water. You know something, Mr. Prescott? I breathed some of your air today, too. (laughs) Come on, sue me. Why, Mr. Prescott, I... See here, Prescott, we put no well down on your property. Don't tell me. Your property ends at the brook. Why don't you look at your deed first instead of having a man go out and dig wells wherever he wants to? You can't go around punching holes in other people's property. Well, even if the well is on your property, couldn't you... Well, sort of allow us to use it? Mr. Fuller, this well you put down has tapped my spring. I just tried to fill my bathtub and nothing comes out of the faucets. Maybe it just runs on Saturday. (laughs) There is no water anywhere in my house. You mean... Yes. Oh, no wonder we get 40 gallons to the minute. Well, Mr. Fuller, do you plug it up or do I have my men do it and send you the bill? I'll give you an hour to decide. Look, I'll pull the well out of the ground, saw it up, and stack it right in the middle of your road. Goodbye. (laughs) 
Mr. Kimber, you've been drilling holes in this backyard long enough. I haven't seen anything but the top of your head for weeks. Don't go down to the mine today, Kimber. Don't. The more I drill, the closer we get to water. Well, please stop for a while. You're beginning to get that cave dweller look. Yes, sir. But you know, the water is looking for us. We're looking for the water. <laughs> Mr. Prescott has probably drained all the water to stay away from this place. Just, just forget it. Mr. Fuller. Oh, hello, Mr. Kimmer. Come right in. I, I suppose the Japanese beetles are coming. Uh, three months too early for them. Oh. Afraid, uh, afraid the new well is no good, Mrs. Fuller. You just struck a cemetery. A cemetery? Anybody we know? <laughs> well, uh, you, you better keep trying, Mr. Kimber. We've got to have water. Look, uh, Kimber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dig, dig, dig. <laughs> uh, zoot, Mr. Fuller, zoot. <laughs> Connie, Connie, we've got to do something about Raymond. I refuse to have that 12-year-old package of dynamite running around this house any longer. But, Bill, he's my nephew. Besides, Raymond's only been here two weeks, and after all, he's only a small boy. Couldn't you try to get to really know him better? Know him? He bit his initials in my leg, didn't he? <laughs> he's not the type to know better. The only way you can know that, Brad, is worse. But, Bill, it's just until my sister gets a divorce. That's the only thing that's holding it up now is the custody of Raymond. Hmm. You mean neither one of his parents will take him? Hey, Aunt Connie, here comes that old flat-faced Mr. Prescott. The old jerk looks like he's got a puss on. Oh. Uh, Mr. Fuller, this boy just threw a dead skunk in my swimming pool. I did not. It was alive. No. And this morning, he put a sign, nudist camp, right in front of my gate. Oh, Raymond, if you don't behave, your Uncle Bill is going to have to do something about you. I know what I'd like to do, but it means the chair in this state. Why, I'd turn my dogs loose on you if you weren't leaving tomorrow. Uh, leaving? Well, we're not going anywhere, Mr. Prescott. Oh, that's what you think. Mr. Fuller, it may interest you to know that your property is being foreclosed on Tuesday. Foreclosed? Exactly. I'm on the board of directors at the bank. At 12 o'clock Tuesday morning, Mr. Fuller, I'm buying your place. Connie, what does he mean? I, I don't know, Bill. We have the deed. You may have your deed, but you haven't got $5,000. Good day. Well, uh, there was a letter from the bank, Bill, but I didn't want to bother you. Bother me? <laughs> Just a letter of foreclosure, that's all. Oh. We seem to have paid for everything except the house. <laughs> oh, it's all my fault. What are we going to do? Sometimes if you write to Mrs. Roosevelt, the darnest things happen. <laughs> You know, Connie, I'm just beginning to like this place. Were you, Bill? Yeah. Were you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, $5,000. That doesn't sound like so much. It does when you haven't got it. Maybe we could hock Raymond for $5,000. And so... Act One of George Washington Slept Here, starring Carol Landis and Jack Carson. Before we hear Act Two, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. I believe there's nothing that can do more to dramatize a woman's appearance than a fresh, lovely skin. For I've seen living proof of it so many times. I remember, for example, a rather plain, mousy little woman I met once at a dinner party. 
She had such a blemished, unattractive skin that it made her very self-conscious among people, and she begged me to help her, to tell her what to do. Well, I said, millions of women use my four-purpose face cream and seem to find it very helpful. You mean that's all I need, she said, just one cream? She seemed surprised, as though one cream couldn't possibly help her long-neglected skin. Well, I left the party soon after, never expecting to see her again. But I did see her just a few weeks later, and I could hardly believe my eyes. For she had taken my advice, had used Lady Esther face cream morning and night, and she had become positively radiant. Her skin looked so much smoother and fresher that she seemed years younger than when I last saw her. And now that she was no longer self-conscious about her skin, she had acquired new poise, new confidence. It was reflected even in the way she walked and talked. Lady Esther four-purpose face cream had helped make her a very attractive woman indeed. So why don't you try Lady Esther face cream? It thoroughly cleans your skin, it softens your skin, it helps nature refine the pores, and it leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. Millions of lovely women now use no other cream for their skin than Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. Now the curtain rises on Act Two of George Washington Slept Here, starring Jack Carson as Bill Fuller and Carol Landis as his wife, Connie. Oh, Mrs. Fuller, I forgot to give you this telegram. Only a telegram, Mr. Kimber? No locusts? No worms? No beetles? Oh, Uh-oh. Bill! Huh? Guess what? Uncle Stanley is coming. Uncle? When? Now. He must be on his way from the station. Of all the times. Oh, Bill, it'll only be for a couple of days. Oh, sure, just for the weekend. There isn't going to be any weekend, Connie. Don't you remember? We're leaving tomorrow. Uncle Stanley, the old windbag. Well, all I can say is if we ever get his money, we've earned it. Money? Oh, money. Say, that's a wonderful idea. Don't you get a bill? We'll borrow the $5,000 from him. <sighs> that tight old buzzard. Do you realize he's never given us so much as a handkerchief? Just pictures. Pictures of himself. <laughs> now, Bill, that one in the guest room came in very handy. It covered a very bad place in the plaster. <laughs> Tell you, I'm sick of him. Pictures of Uncle Stanley grinning at you in the living room, the dining room, the front hall, why, even the bat everywhere. <laughs> I'd like to find just one peaceful corner in this house where the old goat couldn't leer down at me. Hey, Bill, look out the window. Here he is now. It's Uncle Stanley. The old buzzard. Hello, children. Why, Uncle Stanley. Hello, you old buzzard. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Are we glad to see you. Constance, my dear. Hello there, Bill. Oh, Uncle Stanley, you look wonderful. Come in and sit down in this nice easy chair, Uncle Stanley. Make yourself comfortable. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Bill. Uh, Now, let me see. Where's that little package I brought? Oh, yes, yes, there it is. A little something for the house with my compliments. Oh, look, Bill. A picture of Uncle Stanley. (laughs) Well, isn't that... Wonderful. (laughs) Nice little place you have here, Constance. Yeah, George Washington actually slept here. You should have seen this place before we took it over. You wouldn't have believed anybody could have slept here. This place would have given Robinson Crusoe insomnia. 
Uh, draw your chair closer to the fire, Uncle Stanley. Thank yes, you. here, let me get a cushion for your back, Uncle Stanley. Uh, thank you. Uh, are you sure you're comfortable, Uncle yes, Stanley? Yes, yes, yes. Ah, swell. Well, uh, oh, uh, by the way, Uncle Stanley, uh, there was a fellow in our office, and he had an aunt that was going to leave him a whole lot of money, and uh, this fella got into some trouble or other or something, and, and he, he finally had to go to this aunt and ask her if she'd give him some money. Uh, <laughs> She was a darn fool if she did. <laughs> uh, uh, Bill is trying to tell you something, Uncle Stanley. We're going to lose this house if we don't get $5,000 tomorrow. $5,000? Oh, we wouldn't ask if we weren't desperate. You see, we, we, we both felt that if Connie could have just that much of her inheritance now, why... You see, it... Uncle Stanley, this house means so much to both of us. That's all very well, Constance, but people shouldn't go about buying things they can't afford to pay for. Surely, Uncle Stanley, a man of your means... That has nothing to do with it. I'm sorry, Uncle Stanley. It, it was my fault, not Bill's. But $5,000 can't mean very much to you and means an awfully lot to us. It's quite a shock to me, Constance. You're the first one in the family that's ever asked for money. As a lesson to you, I'm afraid I've got to say no. Uncle Stanley, I'm not going to let you say no. Please say yes, Uncle Stanley. Bill, Constance, I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> I haven't got a plug nickel. Not a cent. What? I haven't got a cent. Went broke in 1929, clean broke. Oh, you're joking. No, I'm not. <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, I get $100 a month from an annuity, the only thing I have left. Well, why did you go on fooling everybody all these years? Well, children, I'll tell you. When I found I was broke, I didn't like the idea a bit, so I said to myself, if you don't let your nephews and nieces find out, you can still have a wonderful life just visiting around. It'll be a cinch. This is the dirtiest trick I ever heard of in my life. A professional homesteader. Oh, Bill, I'm going to miss this place terribly. Just little things. Walking upstairs to bed at night, putting around the place. Oh, I don't know, the whole feeling that it's yours, inside and out. Yes, sir, a little place in the country. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of the Japanese beetle. <laughs> Say, Bill, I just want you and Constance to know that I'm very sorry I didn't have the money to give you. Oh, that's all right, Uncle Stanley. Don't, don't, don't give it a thought. It doesn't matter now, anyway. Hester, you're pieing so hot anyway. You bring that piece of pie back here. I can now. I took a bite out. Mm. Huckleberry Capone. <laughs> I suppose we'll have to give Hester notice. With that kid commando around, she'll probably be glad to retire to a boiler factory. Raymond, come on out in the yard with me. I want to have a talk with you. Okay. Excuse us a minute, children. Mm. Okay, I'm listening. Well, you know that Aunt Connie and Uncle Bill are going to lose their house. Yeah, I heard about it. They aren't losing much when they lose that fire trap. See, now there's an idea. Yeah, but I got an idea how to help them. And I need your assistance. Yeah? What's in it for me? How about $5? The fire'd be worth that. Make it 10 in cash. All right, 10. Now listen, I want you to get Mr. Prescott over here. Do you think you could do something to make him chase you back here? Do I think? Say it's a cinch. Now where's the 10 bucks? When the job's over, I'll pay you. Now run along and bring Prescott back. Well, okay. Uh, but... Raymond, on your way. George Washington may have crossed up the Delaware, but here's where your Uncle Stanley crosses up Mr. Prescott. When you uh, leave, uh, where are you going to live, Mr. Fuller? Under a newspaper in Central Park. Look us up. Got a whole wheelbarrow of fertilizer out by the front door. 
What'd better do with it? Oh, just leave it there, Mr. Kemper. Maybe Mr. Prescott can take it home for his roses. Well, it's paid for. Seems just a shame not to... For heaven's sakes, who's just behind you? Mr. Fuller, I've stood all that I'm going to stand. That boy threw mud in my face. Why, Raymond. And all that fertilizer out there for paid for. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, if it weren't for the fact that you're leaving tomorrow, I'd have you thrown out now. Mr. Prescott, until tomorrow, this property is ours, and I'll thank you to get off of it. In other words, you've got your road out there. Hit it. It'll be a pleasure. I shall put the matter of personal damages in the hands of my lawyer. Raymond, you may go to your room. Oh, gee. You heard me. Oh, whoever said it was peaceful in the country. Hello there. Where is everybody? Surprise, surprise. A visit from your old Uncle Stanley. Hey, what in the head? Uh, what's going on here, Constance? Is something wrong? Don't tell me I'm late. I brought the check with me. Check? The check? Yes, the $5,000 you phoned me about. Is it? Oh, oh, yes, the check. Yes, I see. I beg your pardon. I don't believe I've met this gentleman. Ah, uh, this is Mr. Prescott. Yeah. Uh, how do you do? I'm Stanley J. Menninger. Well, Mr. Prescott, it seems the property will still be ours, eh? You you mean your uncle here is, is paying off the mortgage? Yeah. Okay, Mr. Menninger, Mr. Menninger, he has five bucks, but they wouldn't give me a dime for your cufflinks. The man at the pawn shop said they're phony. Oh, so... Mr. Menninger is reduced to pawning cufflinks, but says you pay the bank 5000 Why, Uncle Stanley. Well, it almost worked. There's a jail for people like you, Mr. Menninger. Now, Mr. Prescott, where's your sense of humor? It was all in fun. Well, possibly you won't think it's so funny tomorrow. I'll see that my dogs escort you out of here personally. Oh, Mr. Fuller, Mr. Fuller, look what I found. We were digging, I brought up this old boot. It had an old letter in it, too. Fell out when we dug it up. An old letter? Who's it addressed to? Let me see. Uh, nobody. It says, notes on a speech to the armed forces. Armed forces? Why, that must be... What what does it say, Bill? Read it. Uh, gentlemen, we are facing a time of peril so grave in our brief national history that there is now only the choice of serving the country a little longer or having tomorrow no country to serve. Under the favor of Almighty God, we have become a nation. Let me say to you that I hate war. But if we remain one nation, one people, that time is not far distant when we may choose war or peace as our national interest, guided by justice. In the words of Tom Paine, these are the times that try men's souls. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. Tis dearness alone that gives everything its value. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. George Washington. George Washington? Gosh, uh, what's the date on that? Uh, November 10th, 1777. This document is priceless. It is. Uh, well, think we can get 5000 for it? Ten times that. Why, I know a half a dozen people who would buy it in two minutes. Uh, well, Mr. Prescott. Well, I... Uh, well, what if it isn't genuine? I assure you, Mr. Prescott, it is genuine. This will more than pay the bank back tomorrow. Goodbye, Mr. Prescott. Look out for that wheelbar. Uh, 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 there's none left for his roses. Oh, Mr. Fuller. Mr. Fuller. What? Close the door. They're here. Who's here? The Japanese Beatles. Millions of them. Japanese Beatles? Yeah, what do we do with them, Mr. Fuller? Let General MacArthur take care of them. Come on, Connie. This is the end.
thank you, Mr. Carson and Miss Landis, for bringing us the story of George Washington Slept Here. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players are indeed grateful that you could be our guests tonight. Thank you, Mr. Bradley. We're all aware of what fine work is being done by the Motion Picture Relief Fund and Clinic. And to know that the benefits from this program support that work makes our annual appearance of the Lady Esther Screen Guild players a real pleasure. We'll be back soon. And now, before we tell you about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Landis. Ladies, can you look in your mirror and say, my skin is just the way I want it to be, smooth, fresh, and youthful-looking? Or are there telltale signs of age around your eyes and mouth? Does your skin seem dry and rough to your fingers? Do you have a tiny blackhead here and there, perhaps a few big pores? Well, you can have the kind of skin you dream about. You can have a radiantly clean, fresh-looking skin that everyone admires. And all you need is just one cream, Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. Many women say it's the most beautifying face cream they've ever used. All I ask you to do is try Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. See how the dry flakes of skin are loosened and absorbed. How the very texture of your skin seems suddenly a lot finer and softer. Notice how much smoother face powder looks on your skin after you've removed those dry clinging flakes. Remember, Lady Esther face cream is all you need. For it thoroughly cleans your skin, softens your skin, helps nature refine the pores, and leaves a smooth, perfect base for powder. Many women say their skin looks a lot younger and lovelier <clears throat> after the very first application of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Design for Scandal. It will star Olivia de Havilland and Walter Pigeon. Be sure to listen. Carol Landis is currently working in the 20th Century Fox production, Four Jills in a Jeep. Jack Carson can now be seen in the Warner Brothers production, Princess O'Rourke. And he can also be heard Wednesday evenings on this network in his own Campbell Soup radio program. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. For economy's sake, get the largest size of Lady Esther four-purpose face cream and the larger sizes of Lady Esther face powder. This is Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you and good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.